Live from the Acme Detective Agency, this is the Rail Trains of Thought. folks hi tim hey this is tim and this is nick <laughs> there we are and we're back we are back yeah i'll tell you what it's uh, it's been a long time since i've been here in the acme detective agency yeah I, I used to visit quite a lot but not recently oh man there there was this this one time i came so close to catching uh their their number one enemy mm. and uh she just managed to get away from me she does, she's good at that she is good at that i mean yeah. The the chief, I don't remember which chief it was at the time, because uh, they've had several here, yeah. but uh, he, he wasn't too happy. But, no. you know, I'll get her next time. <laughs> but it's it's cool to be at the Acme Detective Agency. They have a lot of neat equipment. It's, a, it's fun to come to an interesting, exciting, non-threatening, yeah. non-toxic place. So a place where, where things are happening. And, and aren't sinking to swamps. Yes, that was, oh boy, I'm, I'm still, I've still got mosquito bites from, yeah. from all that. But no, this is a much nicer place. They got good music. Yeah, they got uh, they got some great pun names. We should do pun times. We should do fun times here. <laughs> but uh, meanwhile, we're actually here to get uh, some stuff done because this is an educational place. It now. is yes, and we're here to educate y'all. That's right, <laughs> educate all y'all, all y'all. <laughs> so let's go into story school. For Story School today, uh, Nick, this was your idea. Yeah, I thought we would tackle traveling and journeys in the stories. Ooh, that sounds fun. We'll get along our way. This could be a strange trip. It should be, yes. (laughs) That's something, is it? I I, I know I made a reference to something, strange trip. Sure. Um, It's a long, winding road. I don't know. That's a I can't think of what I'm thinking of. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Have a great trip. See you next fall. (laughs) That's a classic parent pun right there. <laughs> and your kids probably go, Daddy. Well, I remember my mom saying it to me. I haven't said it to them much. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, take a chill pill sort of stuff. Get, getting back to business. Yes, yes. Uh, Let's tr- get going here. Get, getting the train back on the tracks, yes. which is what we don't do on this. Yeah, but, something. you know, it's a travel. It's, it's a, a travel, travel log. So, okay. So, we're going to talk travel logs today. No. <laughs> What's the big deal? What, wh- how often do we see travel in stories? Quite a lot, actually. Um I don't. I mean, most stories you can think of have have at least a little travel. People usually don't stay in one room unless it's a Hitchcock film. <laughs> you have your basic like, oh, the plane takes off and we end up in New York sort of stuff. And we won't talk much about the sort of like perfunctory travel. Basic travel as a plot. Well, I mean, like just, you just have to do it. It's like yeah. the the laws of physics require that in order to talk to this person, we go somewhere. In TV shows, I've noticed they sometimes spend. A long time going to talk to someone, and they could just call them up on the phone. Yes. <laughs> His phone is not as exciting. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's a whole other story school. <laughs> Possibly. The danger, the, the, the complications of the cell phone in the, in the modern dramatic arts. Yes, that's true. Um, especially mysteries. But anyways, but we, we do want to talk about, you know, when, for instance, in a lot of books, movies, the destination, the framing device of the whole story is going somewhere. Mm. Wizard of Oz. Follow the Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Get to the Emerald City. I mean, that's the entire setup. It's when we were talking about this before, I called it almost the MacGuffin. You know, mm. that's where you need to go. Gives you the excuse for everything you want to happen. Yeah. All the encounters you want to. It's like do. the structure for it. Or yeah. Or a framework. Um, there's yeah. like, you know, road trip movies are like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, we're going over here. Oh, what is it? I thought the wizard. Um, <laughs> you mean the Wiz? No, the wizard. The What's... Nintendo movie. Oh. When he had to go out. <laughs> To the California? Of all the road trip movies, why'd you think of that one? <laughs> it was infamous. Come on, the power glove's so cool, man. No, no. If, you, if, if I think road trip movies, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Muppet movie. Oh, of yes. course. <laughs> the Muppet movie. Yes, exactly. Like, you know, you go on across the trip, you, you start with just by yourself, and then you meet a person, then you meet some more people, and then you meet more, and by the time you get to where you're going, the audition is not just for frogs, but for... for everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the great thing about the journey in these sort in those sorts of movies, and we could come up with a lot more. I mean, Lord of the Rings. We just read the Book of Three for a book club. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, when you get to this castle... So, um, and we'll, we'll get lots of detours along the way. Yeah. But it's largely, you know, it says it gives a goal, a, a movement, 
for the story. Mm-hmm. And then you just put all your events in between. But then there's always a direction. It's it's nice for the reader. It's nice for the writer that you know where you're going. Yeah, because you want a story to have forward momentum. So sometimes it's nice to do that literally. Yeah, I mean, my girl called Snort, I was writing it originally just like paragraph by paragraph or chapter by chapter. And so I'm like, she's going to the mountains. Uh-huh. And then that becomes my goal. You know, and I do all kinds of insane things between there and here. To waylay her yeah. and find new things to I mean, explore. The entire subtitle of The Hobbit is There and Back Again, A Hobbit's Holiday. I mean, that's true. That's Tolkien's sort of setup, in, especially in The Hobbit. Mm. But even Lord of the Rings, you got Rivendell and then Mordor. Yeah. Largely. Yeah. For There's Frodo. A lot of the little checkpoints yeah. along the way, too. Video games do this a lot. It's a little bit more abstract in a way because you just got you're going from level to level and essentially. Well, I was thinking like, isn't most of Final Fantasy X basically like we just got to visit all the shrines? Yeah, that's true. No, Final Fantasy X is actually pretty linear in that sense, and and it, it they've got a great device for it. It's called a pilgrimage, and yeah. so the whole point is you have to go to these things in this order until you get to the end and realize, oh wait, no, this is what we want to do at all, and you come up with something new to do. Um, I mean. They weren't expecting to come to that conclusion, but that's what happens. So in these sorts of stories, the (laughs) (laughs) the destination is the goal. Yes. That's the, you know, the point of the story is that when we get there, something's going to happen. No, you can change it up and say, we're trying to get there and then it breaks apart and surprise, Mm. we're never going to get there. Yeah. Whatever. I guess, well, this may overlap with your next category, but what about stories that are purposely about going to you're not maybe the whole point of the the whole movie isn't a uh you know long journey but it's it's a visit to a specific place like give me an example like a vacation sort of movie like um okay <laughs> this may sound strange but one thing i was thinking of was there's a uh i don't know if it was made for tv or what but a charlie brown movie called bon voyage charlie brown okay. where he goes to france <laughs> i just remember it from uh, the kids perspective because i think we had recorded off of tv and it had i mean you get to see the travel that's part yeah. of it he goes from the united states to britain and and Snoopy stops off at Wimbledon for whatever reason to, <laughs> He's have a, to be Snoopy. Um, but then you go to France, and then they have a. Uh, I don't. Know, it was just interesting to hear French kids and you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I guess I hadn't thought about this yet. But then there's the there's we've been talking about journey, but in some ways travel in the you're taking your character and moving him somewhere. He's unusual. Not, unusual. You know, it's yeah. the whole fish out of water. There's a lot of the. It's almost a sub category or a different sort of way of using travel but travel as exposure to different environment environment culture. you know you know that's yeah. the whole step between you know a lot of comedies were like oh we're gonna take this per-, you know uh nine in king arthur's or uh yanking king arthur's court uh well and i guess uh bob hope and bing crosby got a lot of uh, oh yeah road out of <laughs> this sort of concept and yeah so you know i feel like there's some of those uh uh, National Lampoon sort of things, mm-hmm. you know, road trip or summer vacation or whatever yeah. um, sort of thing. But, you know, it's, it's like there's romantic comedies that do this. Do you think the tourist qualifies? I mean, that's I mean, all set in Venice. There's well, travel yeah. at the very beginning, but you don't really know the characters beforehand necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I mean, the thing is, the idea of travel opens up to, I mean, anytime you're moving around. I mean, right, right. Most things you move around some, but I do think there's probably a special sort of flavor to stories where you move into an exotic location. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, even for us, like tourists, and it's been forever since I've seen that, it's so exotic to us, to, right. the, to the American audience. Yeah. You know, and there's still something, you know, that's half of the appeal of, you know, your your Mission Possibles and James Bonds, uh-huh. is that they're visiting places we don't visit. I mean, especially in the visual medium, sometimes almost meta, the visiting places is for the audience. It's like, yeah. I can see that. I mean, I guess it, it fits in really well with, like, say, adventure yeah. stories, too. I, like, even Treasure Island, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of aspect that you're going to some mysterious island. You don't know what you're going to find there. And uh, I guess, you know, that's the appeal of travel in stories is that it's it's new and exciting. It's adventure. Mm-hmm. That we've never been there. The characters have never been there. And it's all new. And as much as the, like, let's get there is for momentum, mm-hmm. there's so much story story momentum in it's a new place. Yeah, just it's being an exciting there. place. Yeah. yeah, we were talking before we started recording. Jules Verne's books are all about this sort of thing. Yeah, Jules Verne. Yeah, I mean, around the world in eight days, journey to the center of the earth, journey to the moon, twenty thousand <laughs> leagues under the sea. It's like we're, let's go to these really unique places that uh, you know at the time, especially, was completely exotic to his readers. So let's. I'm going to use that to transfer into another uh, kind of a just move it a little forward. It, 
no pun intended, um, <laughs> is that all, journey can sometimes also, you know, the old brick road, getting there's the point. Mm-hmm. But like Jules Verne, the trip is the point. Yeah. And I think there's there's some stories where the beauty of the trip, the, the experience of the trip, you know, I'm one of these people, a lot of times when I write, I don't want to have to describe all the landscapes and, and like that's not my strength. You know, you read Tolkien and you can tell this is a fully realized world. Yeah. And I think there's an element of travel that's not just, well, we gotta get to Mordor, but uh-huh. the journey is the destination. So in that case it's it's similar to the to the uh coolness of being at a new yeah. place. But this one's about the process of getting there as much as actually arriving. And, and sometimes that's the whole that is the whole you know, Jules Verne that's lie out of the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to write a story about like some person, you know, a Lewis and Clark sort of, you know, okay, expl- yeah. explore sort of story. You know, that's a lot of um, Lewis Lamore, like his sackets, where they're going out, they're moving out west early, and okay. they're yeah, I can see that. And not all the stories, but I mean, I, I read the first couple, and like he moves on to America and mm-hmm. into the mountains and stuff. Now, now, granted, there is some overlap with these, oh yeah, with these things. These I mean, are these are art, like most English literature things. They're all artificial separations. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, even Wizard of Oz, yes, it's about the that's about the point A from point A to point B. But she encounters interesting things along the way. Well, I think you're always going to encounter interesting things. But in my very invisible English separation, it's more, you know, is it just a, an excuse for encounters? Or is the the actual landscape and oh, okay and the land itself? I, 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 yeah, I see where you're where you're drawing a distinction. It's it's made up a distinction, but, <laughs> but you no, know, that is a good point. It's it's less oh, let's go to this space and have a new thing and go to this space. But it's the I don't know it's something about the um, seeing the landscape pass by that has an effect on you. You know, if you're driving or yeah, and again, that's a very visual sort of. Metaphor and it works can... really well in visuals, but and and then some people like Jules Verne, the the understanding of where you're going, of the the land that's go, you know the disc, it's like is the description important or not? Yeah, you know, kind and, of separation. And I, I guess it does help, like say around the world in eighty days, where the uh, I don't know it, it's kind of, it's a kind of a, a paradox with that one because Phineas Fogg is all about getting to his destination. He doesn't care about sightseeing along the way, but you still have this feeling of travel as you go yeah. through the book. And so it's, I don't know, it's still distinctive in that way, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And it's interesting, when we came with this topic, I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about journey traveling, except it's everywhere. And mm-hmm. we, we, a lot, I think, story creators use it naturally. They just know that there's something exciting. About, you know, you want plot movement, and so character movement mm-hmm. works great. I mean, there's, it seems like the Scorch Trials movie, like they're just trying to get somewhere i mean there's mm-hmm. a lot of movies where that's just kind of the the background mm-hmm. we gotta get here we gotta get there or sometimes we gotta get out you know um more i'm thinking about this though in some ways the around the world in 80 days mode of the the travel being kind of part of the the process as opposed to just an excuse to have things happen along the way i don't think it's actually done as often as not, as the other thing i don't i really don't we don't take that sort of joy and i mean because back then it was all new i mean yeah most people would we don't do the travel as as plot mm-hmm. as the you know as the reason for the plot. I don't at least I've not read much of it. I mean, Tolkien you get some of it mm-hmm. in the long stretches, but normally it's subservient to other things. I guess it, it really does depend on how well you integrate the ideas of we're going through the strange new land and encountering strange new things, and it's about the journey as as opposed to just individual episodes yeah i do think there's some um for my memory of some of the old school like the classic science fiction i used to write uh, read sometimes when you go to there's some where you go to new world and it'd be a lot about exploring the new world mm-hmm. um i think arthur c clark i bring up sometimes would be more that style where it's more about the mechanics and can this work and as opposed could... to and for jules Verne like that i mean he was a science fiction writer in yeah. some ways almost as almost more concerned with the the physical universe as opposed to the characters inhabiting it. Mm. There's some of that in even uh, Out of the Silent Planet, I'd say. That, I think Out of the Silent Planet would be a good example of that because there's a lot of just here's the land. Yeah, and it's a strange. Like I was surprised when I first read it because it, it was like, whoa, this is not what I'm used to from Narnia at all. You know, it's interesting, talking about Narnia, like Voyage Dawn Treader does kind of both. A lot of it's like, oh, we got to get here and it's 
we're going to find these princes. You mm-hmm. know, very video game sort of. <laughs> um, but near the end, it has more of that travel as the point. Mm-hmm. You know, as you get closer to the edge of the world. and I mean, it's only a chapter or two, but it slips into that more. It adds a lot of details that you wouldn't necessarily have to if you, if you were just about the objectives of the yeah. characters. There, I mean, there's lots of throwaway little bits of beauty about the world and over there. And it's, I do feel like sometimes, a lot of times the, the travel as the, as the point is often related to beauty of some sort, in the sense that you want to revel in... In this new in, thing. In this new thing. Yeah. You know what? Actually, in a weird way, some of Book of Strange New Things was like this. You know, I was thinking about that when we were talking about science fiction. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's definitely some of... I mean, he he's asleep in cryostasis for like the... Yeah, the actual travel. The actual travel. But the the exploring the planet, there's a lot of sort of experiential sort of mm-hmm. exploring his environment kind of stuff. And yeah, half that book is works because it's just like you're immersed in this weird place and you can't get a handle on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. My sister's reading that right now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. How how did you counter into that? Well, I guess apparently ages ago she told me I should read it. And I didn't listen, and then I, <laughs> and then I got like the World Magazine said read it, and I did, and now she, <laughs> so and now she's reading it. Yeah. Okay, that's that's funny. She says, "Yeah, it's pretty strange." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> that's, that's cool." Before going any farther, I just want to for, don't forget. Then there's one at least at least one other type of journey, which is probably used even less than the other ones, which is journey as metaphor. So we got Pilgrim Progress. I'm going to the Celestial City. Yes, that I mean, <laughs> and that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. It's all meta, you know, allegory in that case. Uh-huh. Um, there's a video game that you showed me called Journey. Yes, which is you know high. I, well, I've not played the whole thing, but I played important <laughs> sections of it. You found the way to you started it, and then you you got to the area. Since I had played it before, there's yeah. an area. Once you beat it the first time, you basically skip forward, and you skip like the entire like middle chunk of a game. Yeah, <laughs> so which you, gave me the cool ending. Yeah, you got to see the. <laughs> I mean, you still got the 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 vibe. I got they the vibe going for for, Yeah, yeah. Um, but that movie, that that video game is very immersive. Very much about. The act of traveling. And it, it's very abstract. I mean, that's yeah. the entire point. It's just you're going from one place to another. It's certainly very metaphorical in its sense of what is enlightenment, this? spirituality yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And so, and again, in religious books, you know, the Bible, you know, we're pilgrims in a strange land. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. And it shows up in books sometimes, in movies, but not it's in specialized sort of stuff. Generally. Usually mixed in with other stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say this just occurred to me in a in a strange way. Gravity had some of that. I don't know. Just the whole fact of her trying to get back down to yeah. Earth, and then by the time she arrives, you have this feeling of she has arrived. She oh, she she made it. And it's that end of that movie. You just suddenly feel like oh, I'm grounded finally. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was that's at least yeah. That, I think that was a good good example of it, it had another element of. I mean, travel is not the the overall point. I mean, it's but a lot know, of it's just survival. But that 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 feeling of having arrived at the very very end is pretty keen. Yeah, yeah. Of again, you move from one location journey, to another yeah. location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and like I said, these things all interlap pretty. I mean, can interlap in really interesting ways. And I just have to mention it too. Is and it's it's a very old. Technique. Style, technique. I mean, the Odyssey, basically. Yeah. Run, I mean, that's the entire framing of the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we do these journeys, even if it's just the you know, point A to point B sort of thing, it's still largely also time for the character growth. I started here. When I arrive at my goal, I'm a different person. Huckleberry yeah. Finn. No, there um, you go. You know, it basically get to free area. And then who he is at the beginning and who he is at the end. And I think that's a very important lesson for writers is that Normally, if the journey is going to be the main thing, many times the character should seem different at the end. Mm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're not. Why do we bother with the right. journey yeah. framework? That's a good point. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's called the uh, Joseph Campbell's thing. It's called the hero's journey. Yeah, and it's it's all about a a quest of well, sorts. Well, that's I mean that's you know the fancy trophy that they you always start in your hometown and yeah. you leave. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, the every act of leaving your familiar setting should say something about the character. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that he's like, and my goal is Mordor. <laughs> um, because like you said, there's there's that more explicit travel and then there's a lot of the little, you know, little pieces that make up any book. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though. We didn't even get, but geological location has a lot to do with character. You know, just 
where am I versus where I've been. Or where you're from, or you can go very literal with that. You know, if you're going up a mountain, uphill trudging, or if you're the whole going through a swamp, you're yeah. in a very kind of mired situation. Or even like they'll, they'll use that as a shortcut sometimes for, um, oh, it's been a vital change. Like we were talking about personal interest before we started. But, you know, they're usually in his library office. Mm-hmm. And then by season one of the last seasons, they're out of there and they're in the subway. You know, the change of location is like, man, the whole game's changed. Yeah. You know, just from changing the home base. That's uh, that's a good point. And we were really meant to talk about just physical location, but it, it's part and parcel of the travel. Right. Yeah. It's still a movement from one place to another. That reflects what's going on in the story. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other examples kind of like that. You know, I was thinking, we've been talking a lot about <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I think it helps with the, you know, because there's certain se- sections when you're, especially if characters are walking the entire yeah. way, where it can kind of, things can sort of drag. Yeah. I think it's actually pretty clever that Frodo and Sam, instead of going straight into Mordor, they wind up having to take a detour around the outskirts a little bit. And I think what that does is sort of break up the, the bad landscape, in, in, in a sense, because when Frodo and Sam first step out on their own, they have the dead marshes yep. and they have all the rocky area and just not very nice countryside. And, you know, eventually you're into Mordor. And of course, none of that's very nice either. But they wind up having to take a detour to go through Ithelion, yeah. which gives them an opportunity to to kind of reacquaint themselves. Well, not reacquaint, but you, you get a nice break mm-hmm. for the monotony of the... Uh, in between the other two sections. And that reminds me, too, that, you know, how Jules Verne, the point of the travel. In Lord of the Rings, part of the point of the travel, too, is history. Mm. I mean, you get so much, you're yeah. saying, I forget, what's the name of that city you just mentioned? Well, I guess they don't actually go to Ithelion. I, I was thinking that's the name, wait, is Ithelion the name of that area, or is it the name of that city I that gets abandoned? It's Minas something, it's not Tirith, but there's another one on the other side. Yeah. That, that dark tower that they can't go anymore, or... Well, not not even that. Well, let's see. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while yeah. now. I mean, I'm not talking because you know in the movie they Faramir is dumb and takes them to his to oh, the, yeah. his, that city thing. I'm not talking about that. They, in the book, they never got that far. Um, but there is still a land that was still kind of run by Gondor, and that's where they encounter Faramir in the book. And there's that one part where there's that statue that's been all torn mm-hmm. up by orcs and stuff, but then the, the head is on the ground, but it's got a, a crown of flowers around it. Oh, yeah. And Sam's like, look, there's still, you know, no matter what they do, there's still beauty in the world that they can't conquer. Yeah. I don't know. I always thought that was kind of a key moment for them in, in their journey. You know, just kind of they needed as much reminders of the good of the world before they went to the very worst of it. Yeah, but yeah. The travel, the the slogging through Mordor is pretty. I mean, it's only like two or three chapters, but it's yeah. Pretty, I know <laughs> when when I went and reread it the second time, I was I I was like, man, this. I remember this being a lot longer before. It, it, yeah, in memory, it, it takes up a lot of space because it's just so vividly Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> so vividly op- oppressive yeah. and kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah. It absolutely serves a purpose in the book, but it, it's still, you feel the character's struggles through that, which is exactly what you want to do for characters who are going through a travel. Well, th- yeah, exactly. I think that's a good lesson for writers too, is that, you know, the travel, even if it's the point, it should express something. It mm-hmm. shouldn't just be like, and things are pretty just because. It should have some sort of takeaway i guess uh-huh. i hate to say takeaway you know but you know some sort of reason story-wise mm-hmm. um, and i think that's why so often we want to skip it because we're like there's no reason i'm just bored with <laughs> i don't know what a more is yeah um i mean I, we, we, we're we not may, british <laughs> we may be a little guilty of kind of the skipping some of that stuff ourselves in uh like children of the wells mm-hmm. so we have this big area i mean and this is partly our world the designing thing but with this big area in between Therian and anywhere else which is just kind of a way of keeping Therian under control <laughs> yeah in the in our world making but when like in my book new world is rising so we had the cross this great wilderness which and we were purposely said there's nothing out here yeah so i was like well what am i going to do with this whole section where they have to get across but there's you know very little out here so i did you know skip ahead i, I did highlights you like yeah. camping on the you know, out in the wilderness or like the hit the important things, obviously, but there was definitely some time skip. Well, I think it's almost always better to skip it if there's no reason to do it. Yeah. You, you don't need to burden it if it's not going to be the actual yeah, point. You don't need to be like, well, it's a long time, so I'll, I'll I have to feel, make it work. I'll make it feel long. No, if it's just 
no one cares. I mean, <laughs> if you don't care, no one else does. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't the that wasn't really the point of that book. Yeah. The, the point of that book was to gather new uh, people to work with. Now, the point of so. say the doctor's assistant climbing over that mountain really was the journey. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Because it's like, how does Kalia without with her new limbs deal with the you know and moving away out of her comfort zone and find yeah I mean then the travel mattered and Laura drug it out as long as it needed to be. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, just because we're talking about the great parts about a you know travel in the story doesn't mean it's necessarily important for a story. Sometimes you do just want to, you know, like you said from the first bit, travel by map. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we need to know as creators, when do you travel by map and when do you pull something else out of it or, or elongate it for fill in the blank? Mm-hmm. That was my hard part writing The Remnant of Dreams. I have to get them to the governor's palace. Should take some time. Something should happen. <laughs> uh-huh. And I have varying success with skipping slash not skipping things. That's when I first time really struggled with that, I think. That like, well, I can't just skip straight there, but a couple of these things need to happen, but how do I, yeah. Yeah. So. Sometimes prioritizing is uh, is trickier than you might think. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, what's our takeaway here, Nick? Um, our takeaway is see the world, they said. No, um... <laughs> I don't know. I think I think travel, both as a plot device and as the plot, have a lot to offer in adventure, in in framing, and as as viewers can be very exciting. Go exotic places, see cool things, but the danger always is to linger in places that really aren't that fun. Yeah, I think that's more of a danger than not lingering in places that you should. Mm. Or yeah. I've I've complained on here before about Splinter of the Mind's Eye, so okay. I won't dwell on it too long. But I remember that was one thing I did not enjoy about that book. Like, you're basically traveling through swamps for like 300 pages, and it, it just got really oppressive. Yeah, and like the if the journey doesn't add a sense of change, a sense of atmosphere, don't worry, I, about, don't it. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, it's uh, it can be ex- exciting as a trip and to Europe. A, and there's a lot of a lot of the great books have it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Makes me kind of want to go watch something. I mean, I was thinking about this. I mean, I, it has been a long time. And I think even as a kid, you you recognize, you know, you feel this, this sort of sense of the world being big and huge when you see movies where characters travel around the world, you know, like Puss in Boots. Yeah. Well, that was a cool thing, like Interstellar. It actually was a uh, science fair. Uh, I know the science. I, know. Um, <laughs> I was I, wondering if you'd heard that. <laughs> I, I, I had yes. I, I had thought about bringing it up. Um, in case you don't know, Puss in Boots travels around the world. Is this kids movie that Nick has told oh, me for years? It's so he's going to show me. It's it's wonderful. One I really should. I got a VHS of it. One, one of your favorite childhood movies. right? It was one of my favorite. Yes, uh, we ran about that on a different episode. <laughs> um, but like Interstellar, a lot of times. But you know, it gave that sense of wonder of space again, which we don't get much from hmm. movies. And I was just like, and there's a cool computer-generated planet here. and Yeah. <laughs> um, but it gave that sense of, like, the weird and wild reaches of the wild wet, no, the, of the <laughs> space. I just wanted to keep doing the... <laughs> the wild audio. metaphors. Yeah. Or, um, or language. Anyway, yes, but that's all I got. I'm rambling now. Okay. <laughs> rambling, rambling, rambling. That's what you do when you travel, right? That's true. Okay. Um, all right. So we'll we'll wrap that up and go into our soundtrack. For my soundtrack today, I decided to go with a song from The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. I remember watching uh, my roommates my sophomore year of college playing through some of this. My roommate, Mike Jarvis. Shout out to you, Mike. And it's if you've never seen it, it's a really unique game in the Zelda pantheon. Is that the right word? Sure. Franchise. We'll, say, we'll just go with Zelda <laughs> franchise. All gods pantheon. Where you're, the whole world is covered by water, basically, and you're traveling by boat from one area to another. And yeah, it, cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's a neat to, and sometimes you might stumble across some some underwater loot or a hidden water temple or something. But it's it's a neat journey. So I I picked a remix called Pirates of Dragon Roost Isle. This is an older one, like from 2004, so not long after I think they came out. Or nice. so yeah, very very fitting. And um, I hope you enjoy. 
Welcome to the Weekly Hijack. Oh, wait. <laughs> Wrong podcast. <laughs> Coming to you from beautiful downtown Oakland, <laughs> California. <laughs> Roman Mars, I don't know if he talks like that all the time. <laughs> I know. Did you listen to this week's? The, the statue got the girl. we're talking about a podcast called 99 invisible which is actually a great podcast yeah <laughs> but yes the one about the there's a some girl that's lots of statues in new york city were inspired it was by. a pretty interesting story she was a live model or something yeah, yeah it was very interesting kind of sad like i didn't know a hollywood story like that could come from a, a statue model yeah it was sad it was a sad ending but i hope you enjoyed the soundtrack yes i did nice uh nice fun adventuresome music for you uh, now we are going to go into what if so for what if today if you're new to the podcast what if is always where we uh tried to come up with some crazy scenario usually related to the uh, story school it's been a while since we've done one it's been a little while a little while i mean the costume one i guess yes i think that was before christmas yeah so it's we found that it works well for us if we do some sort of random randomization for it yeah. for it so what we've decided is we're going to send some uh, a number of fictional characters on vacation in various places various places and uh let them see see what their journeys and travels produce so i wrote i made up uh, a variety of random places i came up with some characters and we're going to pick each other's yeah, at um, random here. At random here. And see what happens. So, all right, okay. Nick, what's our first What's Our first, uh, our first character, character is Elizabeth Bennett. That's uh, from Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. Yes. Okay. Is she going before or after she's married? That is a very good question. I guess let's see where we're going. Yeah, let's see where we're going. <laughs> Elizabeth Bennett is going to Wonderland. Oh. I think <laughs> this is actually strangely fitting. Yeah, this actually would work decently well. Yeah, I mean. I think her and Alice would be good friends. Yeah, I think so too. She, I could see her getting curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> yes. this, this strikes me as before being married yeah. sort of thing. So how does she get there? How does she get there? That is a good question for all these things. Does she fall down a rabbit hole? I don't. I feel like she wouldn't be the one to chase after a rabbit. She's uh, she might be chasing for... after one of her sisters. That's that's entirely possible. <laughs> down a rabbit hole. Down a rabbit. Hole. <laughs> that 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 could be. That could be. How she which which, which is the which is the horrible sister? Uh, that marries Bing. Uh, not Bing. Uh, marries. See, um, I I don't know the story nearly as well as my sisters do. No, it's um. Is it Lydia? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. And sorry, all you who love Pride and Prejudice for and our Jane inability to rem- remember yeah. which sister is which. Um, <laughs> but I can see her chasing after her, trying to stop her from marrying, or she already married the horrible person. But yeah, and uh, falling down a rabbit, rabbit hole, hole or, or another sort of hole. Or So you know. uh, the question is, uh, would I'm guessing her, her, main, her main point of her journey is to be figuring out a way out of Neverland. I don't think she would much put up with the nonsense. No, I don't. I think... I, that's the thing. Alice would. Uh, she was the one to explore to go. Uh, Elizabeth was like, "This is ridiculous." And like, she'd meet the queen and be like, "No." no. <laughs> <laughs> Far too practical for that. Uh, it would be. It actually that would make a great. It make a great thing. Just she'd be like the straight man while everything else is insane. <laughs> that would be kind of hilarious. She'd meet the, meet the Mad Hatter uh-huh. and. <laughs> it's like no, 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 no. I'm I'm leaving now. I, I, Farewell. I, I feel like. I feel like it'd be one of those vacations. She wouldn't much enjoy, but when she gets back, she'd she'd have um, a lot of interesting stories to share with people, <laughs> and, and she would f- share them very wittily and um, scathingly. You know, <laughs> I think I think it would be one of those those uh, those vacations that she would. Um, it would have been worth going on. Yes, it would be. <laughs> it, it might make her actually. Um, I feel like I would enjoy it, but like I'm not a fan of Wonderland, honestly, and I'm not really a fan of. Uh, zombies things but i feel like this would work better than pride and prejudice and zombies <laughs> just for the the dry wits that would come out of it, it. The, yeah the brit that wit with with one that would be it'd be fabulous <laughs> i think she'd come back and she'd she'd probably feel a little better about british society <laughs> um maybe not much better maybe be like you're basically the mad hatter but <laughs> that's that's possible I, you could you could you know she might just see a whole commentary on the british society based on all this insanity going on with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the you know the lobster quadrille and stuff. now now you said earlier she she might make good friends with alice are we going with like a uh, little girl alice or are we going with like the modern like alice has grown well, up with this weirdness i thought she might make friends but then i think she might she might think alice is a little too us uh, not silly but um empty-headed Maybe. Okay. I mean, like, Alice puts up with too much. 
Uh-huh. You're like, stop drinking this stuff. <laughs> so it sounds, again, more you're going like little exploratory girl Alice, yeah. not like yeah. Al- Alice from uh, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Not that who, one. Who's been like trained. Crazy. You know, yeah. <laughs> She's like. Uh, she drunk too much of this stuff. L- Laura Croft Alice. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking more like Disney. Disney. Cartoon Alice. Did see Alice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, I think I think it would be a fun adventure. Fun. Um, not at the time, but after the fact. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I don't know. If she would change much, but she might have a new appreciation for the the absurdities of. And life. maybe maybe her sillier sisters. Oh, yeah, she yeah, she might come back more disdainful than anything. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it wouldn't be a good thing. I don't know. Her. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, it's hard to tell. It's, it depends on yeah how it rubs her, I guess. Yeah. So okay, what's what's our next character? All right, let's see. So so Elizabeth Bennett had a good time in Wonderland, and now we're Maybe. sending <laughs> Maybe. Jack Sparrow, who in Wonderland would work about perfect. So. Yeah, but Jack Sparrow is going to Dickens, London, which that does, that's actually not too far off. That's not, not no. I'm gonna redraw that Do one redraw, yeah. I think the movie actually sort of covered that. So we'll send one of our other fun characters to Dickens, London. Um, Jack Sparrow is going to Gotham City. Oh, right. <laughs> so that's... Uh, um, hmm. huh. Well, he wouldn't seem out of the ordinary there. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> not, not at all. Honestly, he'd, he'd fit be, right in, honestly. He'd fit in ridiculously well. I, I think I think Batman would actually find him kind of charming. as a, you know, Assuming he's going to go with his pirating ways, uh, I, he, he would be kind of a nice break for Batman, honestly. You know, I think, I think Jack Sparrow would really enjoy Gotham. I think I think there's a lot of uh depends on 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 his mood. Sometimes he, which got how dark of a Gotham are we? Yeah, cuz otherwise he's just going to be he's going to be running away and I mean where are we like in in like Christopher Nolan Gotham or are we in like 66 TV Batman? Yeah, uh, and I don't I think it's more I think it's somewhere <laughs> somewhere in between maybe. Yeah. You could you could, like maybe I'd say in between would be like well you said uh, like Christopher Nolan Batman. That's not actually. I, I could use Christopher. Nolan. That's that's more gritty. Yeah, it's, but I, it's it's honestly though not as gritty as certain Batman comics. Can get. Let's go Nolan Bat, uh, Gotham just because okay. then we put a not gritty but humorous Jack Sparrow into a pretty noir, pretty noir kind of setting. And uh, I don't know. It'd be he'd be like those those quirky characters in like old mystery. Movies where that like or the 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 comic drunk essentially. I mean that's that's what Jack Sparrow is. Yeah. So so what is he doing on his vacation in Gotham City? I mean he so he gets a call. He went he wins a free trip from some travel agency. <laughs> he, his name was pulled. He ends up in Gotham. What does he do there? Um, he goes to the bar. <laughs> he goes to the bar. That's 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 the first step. I think he he tries he tries to indulge in um, drink and women. Um, I think those are the two main things. I mean, it's tricky because Jack Sparrow he he's a he's a seaman, so he's not actually a huge fan of being of a giant city. I don't think that's the that'd be the one downside. That's for true. There almost be too many too many people, too much structure. I, I feel like one way or another, he's going to get involved in some criminal plot, right? Not not proactively. Just I, I feel because. Like, I, I feel like actually what might happen is he might get swept away with Harley Quinn somewhere. Mm. Like if say the Joker is is in one of his stays at, at uh, Arkham Asylum and Harley is on her own for a little bit. Oh, there'd be a whole little like uh, kind of like tr- he thinks he's trying to woo her and she's insane sort of. Right, right. And she might, she probably would have have a lot of fun with him. Oh honestly. yeah, oh yeah. Like they, she like want to take him on a on a couple heists I, I, of, of sorts. It'd be kind of nice to, for him to meet the Joker. Possibly, because, yeah. They would have an interesting. I mean, Jack Sparrow would make a decent minion for the Joker. <laughs> In some ways, I could I, I could see depends on the, your Joker. Yeah, it depends on your Joker. Certain Jokers could. Uh, it'd be like uh, like whenever the Joker would inter- interact with Lex, those were always kind of an yeah. odd couple sort of pairing, and it'd be like kind of similar but different. I don't know. I feel like I the Riddlers running around him and Jack Sparrow might. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they're both kind of the. Uh, Kind of sad. Wait, you can't it, see us, guys. But we're all waving our bodies. <laughs> they just again. It depends on how Jack Sparrow is played. When I because one thing I was disappointed with, and when I mentioned in a recent episode, I saw the um, the fifth movie. Oh, or, yeah. or, or whatever it is. Later depictions of Jack Sparrow, he's not as 
savvy okay. <laughs> as he is, I think, in the first one. Like in the first one, he's actually is, is much is a much better strategist and mm. like one trying conniving. Later ones, he's he's a little bit too goofy. I, okay. I, I think so. It depends on again. It depends on what kind of mood Jack is in. So I, yeah, I think he might have a he might have an okay week, but he get in some trouble. I think he'd be ready to get back to the open. Batman seas, probably but... throw him in jail for a while. <laughs> he gets left. He's some ridiculous way to, to break out of Arkham but Asylum because everyone can break out of Arkham Asylum. Would he be put in Arkham? He's not that insane. Well, uh, okay, yeah, point taken. So, I mean, he's, he's basically a small fish in Gotham. Yeah, pretty much. I think, like I say, I think by the time he was done, he'd be like, I'm not taking a vacation here again, mates. Yeah, <laughs> he'd, yeah. He'd, he'd be ready to get back in the open seas. So who do you think likes it better? Their, their free vacation, Elizabeth or Jack so far? It's a toss-up. Okay. <laughs> it's a toss-up. They're both in out of over their heads a little bit. Yeah. In both places. <laughs> I think Jack's... Jack would enjoy it initially at first. And le- like less. And Elizabeth is probably like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. We have C-3PO. <laughs> I like to see him in Gotham. Uh, he's going to the spirit bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> this is from uh, Spirited Away. From Spirited Away. <laughs> um... <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Once again, C-3PO is very much out of his element. Oh, man. I, I just want someone, like one of those webcomic people, to do a couple panels of C-3PO in the bathhouse. It'd, uh, it'd, be, <laughs> I, <sighs> it'd be almost like Jabba's palace all over again, except not it, quite as... Not quite as dirty, depending on if this. The, yeah, uh, but he would experience. like all these weird creatures coming around. And I guess he's translating for Yababa or. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's. that's... I, I mean, he's probably her. You know, he she's very quickly sweep him up as. Yeah, it would start out as vacation, but it wind up being a, a a job very quickly. Yeah, he just like he's walking around and he's like, "What's going on?" And <laughs> yeah, it's a job. He has to. I mean, he basically be running the counter and. Mm-hmm. Counting all the the bath tokens, make sure they're all going the right place. Trying to make sure that uh, different spirits aren't getting into no. He can translate. He knows lots of languages. Right, so. right. So that might help with uh, say the keep the Japanese spirits and the the uh, North Native American spirits. But it, it's very much a working vacation for C three PO. Yes, yes. <laughs> of uh, course, what wouldn't be a working vacation for C three PO? Hopefully, though. At, <laughs> hopefully, though, at some time he'd get a nice oil bath. In That's there. yeah, and, but uh, he might. I mean, he he would really shiny. enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, that's action, probably why he tried to go there in the first place. Honestly. I mean, all things considered, it probably would not be the worst place he's been. No, <laughs> that, that's that's true. Better than Cloud City. Uh, assuming that the patrons don't try to dismantle him for all his gold parts, I don't think they would. Well, it, if you no face is there, yeah, it, it might be. It might not go very well for him. Yeah, <laughs> but overall, I, I think honestly. He he'd be working, but C three PO likes to be busy. I've always felt like he's no he's not yeah. a lazy guy. He likes to be helpful. And Yubaba is that her name? Yubaba. Yubaba. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's pretty you know down to business. He'd enjoy that more than all these people running around doing crazy things. That he's like, yeah. As strange as it sounds, it might actually be the best vacation he's had in a while. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Tatooine. It's better than Cloud City. Yeah, at least he's probably saying a lot cleaner. Again, depending on whether a stink spirit And, and it makes up. sense. Yeah. Oddly enough, it probably makes more sense than most of the things running around he's uh. been doing. <laughs> so, okay, I think that was actually a surprisingly successful vacation. Yeah, there we go. All right, so what do we got next? Okay, we have... Sawyer, is this is this Tom Sawyer or no, is this, this is, uh, Sawyer from Lost? Sawyer from Lost. Okay. And he's in... Tokyo 3? Or Nerve, yeah. Oh, Nerve, okay. Tokyo 3, yeah, which is Tokyo 3 from okay. Evangelion. Evangelion. So we are just, okay, this is actually awesome. This is, a, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around this so one. I, I just feel like if he's hanging around with Sinji and Gendo, and all these, I mean, he'd just be like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> he'd be, I feel like he, he Now, which, which Sawyer is confused. this? Is this like early Lost Sawyer or like after he's changed and softened up a lot? I feel like it'd be more interesting the later Sawyer, like because early Sawyer, he just he wind up getting thrown in jail. Yeah, okay, like, that's true. He'd he'd try to sabotage something or con someone. Well, and okay. the mere people are going to see. First right off, that. he's hitting on Masato. Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously. And Masato's loving that. Yeah, <laughs> she, she'd go right for it. Yeah, he's probably also hitting on Rizuko, but um, Rizuko, Rizuko, what's what, her name? Is that the one the the scientist other scientist? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Just because. I mean, just because he could. Because to make Masato. Yeah, jealous. jealous yeah, yeah, essentially. But uh, I, so yeah, because you know later, what? And the thing is, he's going to take Sinji under his wing. 
<laughs> because he's basically Walt. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's like, listen, I know, I know your daddy is making you do some weird stuff. <laughs> but, I have daddy issues too. Yeah, but you got this, man. I, I, I think you can do it. <laughs> Why does this work so well? Okay, not much. Of, well, it might be good, decent vacation. He's hanging out in the futuristic city. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's better than the island. It's better than the island. I mean, granted, he's attacked by giant angels occasionally. But, but he doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, you guys deal with that. I'll just. Yeah. I mean, he cares, but he doesn't care. He right. cares about Shinji, but he's like, well, who cares? The question is, what sort of nicknames does he give Shinji? Um, I'm going to say Shrieks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> and I, then, yep, Shrieks. And then uh, Ray. Let's see. What will, we, what will his nickname for Ray be? Um, no face. I um, no, uh, <laughs> uh, like. I, I, something's depressing, like you know, something depress, you know, some gray, depressing, like like Miss Miss Sunshine. <laughs> Miss Sunshine. It would be Miss Sunshine. <laughs> okay, there you go. I was I was like some sort. Of, I was trying to think of some sort of Eeyore type name for her, but and what what what, what Gendo be like glasses or glasses? Yeah, I think so. Asuka would be like a, a Hell Fury or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Sparkles. Sparkles. <laughs> Oh, Asuka would not like Sawyer at all. But he would have so much fun doing that. He would, he would peg her. He would just poke her constantly. He might, then, this might be a really good vacation for him. Oh, yeah. And and it's not like Asuka could do anything about it because he's the adult in this sort of situation. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's just, he just butting up with people, having fun. He, he hides with everyone else when... I mean, he'd have some heartache for the kids because he does. Yeah, yeah he, yeah, he but, would. But... Oh... I, I need to see this. I, someone please write some fan fiction of Sawyer hanging out with the even I want to see. I want to see like some web comics of all these. All these would be fabulous. These, these are these is fantastic. Good vacation. See, this is this is where fan fiction thrives. And, yeah. Uh, so we're we're giving you people all kinds of genius ideas here. So how many more do we got? What do we have time for another? Oh yeah, we know we got we got time. Let's keep going. Okay, let's, okay. I'm enjoying these. Michael Garibaldi <laughs> in Earthsea. Oh, um, interesting. So Michael Garibaldi. Babylon if not, 5. If not watching or listen to our hijack, is Babylon 5, security chief, a loner, doesn't make friends easily, super suspicious, also sometimes a drunk. Yes. And, um, he, and he looks like Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not Bruce Willis. He's not Bruce Willis. But yeah. So, Earth, well, first off, he would be super, like, just annoyed with the magic running around all everywhere. <laughs> That's probably it's true. Like, it, he's like, really, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. He's down to earth. Yeah, it's true. And um, and uh, I don't feel like he'd be one of the people that would go exploring lots of Earthsea. No, I don't think so. Now, if you, you gave him a city, he might hang out there and just talk to, you know, hang out in the taverns, talk to people, exchange stories. I mean, mm-hmm. he might really enjoy that. He wouldn't move around much. No, I, I feel like he'd find he'd find a, a place where he'd, he'd fit in on one of the islands, I think. Uh, maybe I, I, maybe he'd run like his own like investigative agency, like uh, like a PI. Sort like of thing. if he's on what's the main wizard island? Not that he would much care for wizards, but he might do work for him just fine. It's I mean, possible. he puts up with lots of he puts aliens. up lots of strange things on yeah. that on five. That's true. But yeah, he. I the problem is I'm not sure how well he would vacation in general. That's true. Yeah, we're not looking for him to settle down here. We want him to vacation. But does he vacation? I mean, is that a thing Garibaldi does? That's a uh, that's a fair point. I don't know. Outside um, of Looney Tunes, uh, <laughs> he loves his Looney Tunes. I don't know. He might. Uh, maybe there was that one episode um, hasn't come out on Weekly Hijack yet, but there's one episode where he's fixing up a motorcycle. Oh, that's true. He need he needs something to do. He's not he's not a beach sort of person. So, so maybe I don't know. I said earlier he's not a traveler. Maybe he wouldn't be a sailor, but maybe he would like he would be interested in going on a road trip of some sorts around one of the bigger islands. Yeah. Rourke? Rourke? That one of them? I'm trying to remember what the, is is ironic. Rourke. It's Roke. Roke, is that the big one? I think so. Okay. It's it was funny. We were we were saying in the other commercial break, because Earthsea, uh, Wizard of Earthsea, which is the only Earthsea book that I think either one of us yeah. read, they do a lot of exploring around the outskirts of it, but in the, I mean, and there's, and the whole world is just basically lots of islands. And the travel is done really well, very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Oh, very atmospheric. like last couple chapters, just him on an ocean by himself, but and it's it, compelling. Oh, yeah. But it, it's it's kind of funny that the uh, there's one big island in the middle, and they don't hardly they talk about it. But I don't think they ever go there. Uh, Rogue might be the Wizard Island. 
Yeah, that's what. That's why yeah. I wasn't sure. Am that's I, that's a biggish one, but not the giant big one. Not, right? Yeah, not the main one. But yeah, I think I don't think I don't think he must be in for oceans. Yeah, but I do think yeah. like you got a nice island, he could explore some stuff. Maybe go on a horseback ride across. I could see him liking that. Yeah, yeah, it might be different, but he might enjoy it. You know, I think he's the sort of guy who would like to get in with a crew of people and just talk to. I mean, he seems like the sort mm. of person he likes to just hear stories and put his ear to the ground and yeah, get the flavor. I can see that. So he might he might go full native in some ways. I like dress like uh, you know he wouldn't be a tourist. Yeah, he'd go more into the normal parts of yeah. He he he'd stay away from all the touristy areas. He'd, he'd hang be out. Like, very common person. Mm-hmm. Probably just stay in some guy's home. Probably if you can manage it. Earth C B and B. Yeah, Airbnb. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think he might actually enjoy that decently. Yeah, that's a very different one. Um, so, but cool. All right, who we got next? We have Obed and Violet. From um, the Unremarkable Squire on their honeymoon. Yes, um, and they are the ones now who wound up in Dickens, London. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, um, Nick, these are your characters. So. Well, and the thing is, Dickens, London probably actually suits them decently well. Be their their characters as well. I mean, in the Dicksonian sense. That's true. Um, <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, well, and for a honeymoon, it'd be. Huh. I'm trying to figure out how that would work. Yeah. Again, not the ideal honeymoon Not the ideal setting. honeymoon, because it tends to be a little more grungy. Yeah. Um, Violet would not put up real well with the... Yeah. With the grunge. I mean... Obed would do okay. It's well, not- she, would, she would put up with it, but she'd just complain constantly. Yes, yes, yes. About how it just didn't wasn't suitable now, for Now, in some ways, it's not lady. that different than what they just got done with, <laughs> which a lot of weirdos hanging around them. Uh-huh. I feel like a better vacation for them would be, would have been Earthsea, actually. They would really enjoy Earthsea, probably. Yeah. Go on, get on a boat and you drive know, around. Yeah, exploring, enjoying the... the do you, where do, where, where do you... Where, so you're in Earth... You have to go to some... You have to stay somewhere. Who do they stay with? Which which Dixon character can you stay with? Oh, we're going back to London? Yeah. Um, they could say... I mean, like, if they stayed with um, Sidney Carton from Tell Two Cities. Okay. He's a lawyer. He's a, like... He, like, he doesn't care about anything, but... Or um, what's the, I don't even remember what's the like the good person that uh, adopts Oliver Twist? Oh, I don't remember. I mean, there's enough some really there's some interesting ones. Maybe what about um, Ebenezer Post Christmas Carol? <laughs> well, that would that would be perfect. I was trying to remember uh, David Copperfield. I don't know that one. It's been a long time since I read that, and I'm, it didn't really stick with me, unfortunately. You but know, no who you know who they need to stay with? Pickwick. 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 <laughs> okay. I'll take your word. Very uh, kind of a jolly eccentric uh-huh. man uh-huh. with Actually, a, with a, with a very uh, eccentric servant. I, it seems like they would. Get, I think staying with Pickwick, they'd be great. He's uh, I, I think they, he's a bachelor, so they do well with eccentrics. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Obi just adjusts to whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Violet would complain, but you know, the certain amount of high English society she would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And exploring the streets could be. I mean, it'd be interesting. You know, they'd encounter. Even, you know, they uh, probably encounter some pickpockets, have to deal with them, just like Even previously. old, uh, what's what's the guy from the short story we just read? Um, uh, Tro- uh, Trotty Vec. Yes, Trotty Vec. Again, yeah. Obed would get along well with him, I think. Yeah, I think, I think Obed would make, get, make lots of, he wouldn't perfectly go to make friends, but people yeah. would just become, become his friend. Would be attracted Violet to Violet would be slightly annoyed because they're trying to have a honeymoon. <laughs> um, and all these people keep showing up. Yeah, they just keep showing up, yeah. <laughs> If nice. you have no idea what we're talking about, go read The Unmarkable Squire, yes. available on Amazon. That's right. But I think they might do decent, actually. They're long they get in with the right crowd to start with. Yes. You know, they don't want to hang out with Matt, Madame DeVarge or someone like that. No, no. Yeah. They they want to go to the jolly side of London, not yeah. the uh, try to... I think, yeah, they get along well. Obed wouldn't be very comfortable there, but you just stay silent, and Violet <laughs> would do the pleasantries, and yeah. they go look around. Yeah. And people would be... Yeah, they they flock into him. The what's his name from? I know Tail Two City is better than the rest of them, but the uh, the guy who does all the grave digging would probably come and see him. And <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. Who do we got next? We have Rumpelstiltskin, the Once Upon a Time version, and he's going inside Riley's head. Oh, from Inside Out. Inside Out. That's a uh, um. That's a strange place for Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, he could make very many deals inside. <laughs> I'm not sure I want Rumpelstiltskin inside anyone's head. That seems I think a this might be really dangerous. He might really enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not sure Riley would after the fact. No, I'm not. Yeah. This is how mental issues happen. <laughs> <laughs> R- 
Rumpel Silskin inside anyone's head just sounds very dangerous. No, we do me. have like ten versions of Rumpel. Depending <laughs> which one. True. Um, doing like they're doing like the hardcore deary version <laughs> with gold glitter, or you're talking about like you know like hey, I'm basically reformed. Yeah. Um, new last season of one sort of. Oh man, I did. Well, we'll have to talk about that after. Uh, I was not expecting him to have an up montage with with Bell in the last it's, it's, season of. It hurts. It, yes. <laughs> um, in the most in beautiful way. way. It, yeah. It's like it's I, the best way to do a. I, I imagine. I think you might have asked me before. I didn't know if it was before the last podcast when we talked about sadness. If you, if I, you might have asked me if I had seen seen any of the new season. Oh, maybe. But it, just, it made me think of our last episode. Yeah, a lot, a lot. But anyway, Rumpelstiltskin inside Riley's head. Um, See, I think uh, Rumpelstiltskin would uh, he, he would just have fun because I mean I'm talking pre-reform Rumple. Pre-reform. Okay, so crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, who likes to make magical deals, whatever. First uh, off, he gets a root around. Uh-huh. I mean, he'd be a little annoyed that it's a little girl's head, not someone else's. Right, so and more practical or practical. U- useful for but, him. Um, he's going to make deals with anger easy, fear easy. I mean, he, can, he knows all their weak. I mean, it's going to cause massive chaos. So he'll just enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great vacation for him, but <laughs> Riley's going to end true. up in a mental institute. Yeah, poor Riley. Oh. Or as a criminal. <laughs> and an obsessive liar and other things. I mean, it'd be really, really bad for Riley. <laughs> oh, dear. How about post-reform? Post-reform. I feel like he would actually try... He, would, he might still try to tweak things but he would try to i think he'd try to set her up with uh we'll, we'll go like i know after inside out where she's first beginning to uh be interested in boys oh, and yeah. stuff maybe uh i feel like he might try to steer her in the right direction it still might be interesting because i mean it's it'd be different we've seen rubble silkskin as a father of a son but not as a, of a of a girl so you i know, don't know how that it's out. interesting not a very good vacation for post-reform not nearly Rumpel, because it's uh He'd be more confronted by all these emotions, oh. which would be a little harder for him. That's an interesting point. Would, would being inside someone else's mind, because all we see but, inside of the mind are, the, are basically the emotions themselves. But he'd still would, be interacting with, you know, it'd probably remind him of... His own emotions. Of his and, joy or not joy, his anger, not anger, you know. Mm, interesting. And I think it'd be much more of a psychological um, retreat than a nice relaxing vacation for post-reform rumble. Probably. Probably. His I, conscience would get in the way too much. His conscience. Yeah. I mean, it would just bring up conscience yeah. stuff for him. Interesting. Well, we need to, we need to wrap this up. So we so got a speed, d- speed version for yeah, the last I think, one? I, I mean, yeah, we got one last one here. Okay, here we go. So um, I have Amy Pond. In the Hundred Acre Woods. Oh. Um, Actually, I think she'd have I, a really yeah, good time. She'd have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, she'd spend the most time with Tigger, I, f- I feel like. The high, high energy. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's actually probably the most perfect vacation for any of these people here. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's actually really. And nice if Rory came spot. along, he'd probably he'd probably hang out with. I mean, he'd be Tigger fine, but he'd probably hang out with some of the other people and mm-hmm. just ch- I mean, he'd be chilly. And, yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be pretty relaxing. It'd be, man, I I love the vacation a hundred acre wood in a in a heartbeat. It, I mean, some of our other people would be annoyed with it, but I don't think <laughs> she. Yeah, no, I think she. I think she'd really enjoy herself. So okay, well, it's nice to end with a with a match made in hats. <laughs> a match made in hats. There you go. We drew them from hats. If we if you guys if we didn't mention that before, so fun. All right, so um, maybe as for our uh, listener feedback, maybe uh, take one of these locations that we mentioned and send uh, another character there. Or write us a flash fiction. Or, 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 or uh, fan fiction. A fan fiction of the one that you like the best. Or if an artist, we'd love to see a picture of some oh, man. of these. Sawyer at, at Nerve. That one that one made me laugh the most, <laughs> I think. That's just that's a that's a great image. Yes. Unfortunately I can see I can see anime Sawyer too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in some ways, what's his name who Masato is kind of Sawyer anyway. He is, but, he is very Sawyer-ish. Yeah, ish. But ish. Anyway. He had the roguishness. The not roguishness, yeah, yeah. Not some of the other stuff. Not but. some of the other baggage. Okay. Um, anyways. But. So that that has been our Derailed Trains of Thoughts. Um, remember, you can listen to all of our old episodes at derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. This is to our YouTube, our, um, well, I guess our YouTube. I meant more our iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook. Come to a Facebook and join our page. We do uh, flashback 
episodes every week just if you've you know because we do have an extensive archive yeah. so sometimes if you need a, a hint on where to even get started um, maybe one of our little random random podcast of the week yeah and they're can. all over the place yeah. Yeah, they are all over the place we've got we've covered a wide range of topics yes and also remember to share to love uh, we like to get uh, if you know someone who loves stories of of all types share the podcast we are our best advertisement yes word of mouth really does is the best advertisement i think for most podcasts yeah uh we would appreciate that all right so my soundtrack huh yes it is your soundtrack all right i decided to pick a remix from shadow of the colossus it's a game i've been meaning to play for a very long time a lot of and a lot of that game is the travel basically there's like eight bosses and just a lot of exploring the world to find them um so the world is a large part of just your game mm-hmm this is called um, Wander on the Offensive Live Edit. It is remixed by, okay, here we go, B33J, Serix, Juan Mindrano, and Nonsensical Exits. <laughs> Anyways, it's quite a great song. So enjoy. Cool. I'm looking forward to hearing it. And now uh, I think we have a... We have a case. We have a case. We need to get going. We need to get going. We'll make sure we have enough clues. Do you have your passport up to date? I think so, yes. Okay, that's good. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. This is Tim. This is Nick. Bye-bye. Bon voyage.